Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 842. Fear can't be your deciding factor. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Kristen Hall Geisler. Hey, Kristen, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm totally ready to do this. This is going to be exciting. Cool. Great to have you here. Kristen Hall Geisler is a freelance automotive journalist and book editor who lives in Portland, Oregon. She's honed her research and interviewing skills for the New York Times, TechCrunch, How Stuff Works, Popular Science, U.S. News and World Report, and many more. There are a few things she likes better than falling down the rabbit hole of research and emerging with a book or an article that others find useful and she hopes entertaining while still being based on solid sources. She's the author of a recently published monograph, Lightning in a Bottle, Three Early Electric Vehicle Stories. Very cool. Well, Kristen, welcome. I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, an obvious passion that you have for automobiles. Yeah, so I have been a freelance automotive journalist since 2006. Um, I'm nearly at 11 years now. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it surprised me, too. And in that time, I have written just hundreds of articles really focusing on automotive technology. So I cover things like electric cars and, you know, autonomous vehicles now and the future of transportation. I've gotten to go to a lot of Formula E races, which are really exciting. So yeah, it's a really interesting path that my career has taken. I never would have guessed when I decided to go freelance that this is what I would be covering now, but there's so much going on in this space that, yeah, there's something new every day. I talk to tons of really interesting people. Well, your timing couldn't be better because with what's happening in the automotive world today, you're right, it is a major revolution happening and there's so much to learn about and it seems like every four or five months or something new. I just got back from uh, Pebble Beach Car Week in Monterey and Carmel and there were some really cool cars down there that were yeah. electric cars. There was a supercar. There was the new VW bus and there's all sorts of cool stuff. So we're going to have fun learning about all the uh, technical prowess that you have as we walk through these questions <laughs> and as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get those inspirational tires smoking here on Cars, yeah? So, right. Kristen, take the wheel. So, I have this quote actually on my wall. I had it printed so that I could apply it, and I see it every day when I walk into my office. It's, do what you must to do what you want. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So freelancing in particular can be very challenging. There's no real exterior motive. There's no boss saying you have to get this done by Friday. It's all on me. Yep. And there are parts of it that aren't great. I am a very typical writer. I like to sit in my studio all by myself and I like to do the research. I like doing interviews using the phone. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> 842 of them to be exact. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
But, you know, networking is something that I find very challenging. Going out to auto shows, I love looking at the new cars and the shiny chrome and the advanced technology. But, you know, the saying hi, the passing out business cards is really challenging for me. Mm. But I've learned to do it because in order to do what I want, in order to have this job and write about these things and test drive cars, I need to let people know I exist. I need to do the networking. So that's really do what you must to do what you want. I love that. And, you know, out of all the guests I've had, I've not heard that quote. And it's a great one. I love the fact that you have it printed out and it's where you can see it every day. And I've heard this from so many guests that you have goals, write them down, put them somewhere where you see them so you don't forget them. It's that constant reminder that uh, really helps you achieve everything you have to. And even those things that were not as, oh, happy doing, you know, getting out there networking, like you say, handing right. out your cars. That's, you know, that's the hard part or one of the many hard parts of, of doing things on your own. I know because I just came back, like <laughs> I said, from Car Week and I handed out lots of cards, yeah. came back with a big stack of cards, talked to lots of people who are going to be upcoming new guests here on the show. I'm so excited. Okay. We'll have some fun with you today. And I want you to go back in time now and tell us about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that I'm a car gal? (laughs) Well, it's funny. I never considered myself a car person. I made it through, you know, high school, college. I was in my 20s and I got a job at Sports Car Market Magazine. And I know you've talked to some people from Sports Car Market, yeah. Keith has been on the show. In fact, I saw him many times last week all over oh, the place. Oh, I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> He's everywhere in yep, Monterey. he is. So yeah, I was an editor there for a while, and that was really when I realized that I had knowledge about cars, and I had been around cars far more than anyone else I knew. Mm-hmm. My friends didn't go to SCCA races in high school. They didn't get pit passes to NASCAR races. They didn't have more cars in the garage than they had actual legal drivers. Like <laughs> They didn't you know, take drives out into the woods in an old Jeep Wrangler just for fun on Sundays. I thought these were things that everybody did. It turns out, no, I am far more of a car person than I ever expected. And I was well into my 20s before I even realized that. So yeah, once I realized it, then it was like a light switch going on. And right. I realized that there was a lot for me to apply that knowledge to you and that I could dig even further and learn more. And that's that's how I've sustained this job for so long. You know, and what's also unique about this, and, and I have had a lot of women guests here on Cars, yeah, and I love having women on the show because they show other women out there who love cars that there is a place for them in the industry. And I think it's growing because it used to be tough for women to break into this yeah. industry. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. But the fact that you kind of one day went, wait a minute, I, I do love all <laughs> this. You know, it, yeah. it was just the norm for you. So, yeah, yeah, great story. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads here again and talk about one that was a big challenge or a big failure for you. You talked about one of those challenges of going out and networking being hard for you, but maybe it's that, but maybe it's something else. But I want you to take us down that path, that painful time, kind of walk us through it. But more importantly, how did that experience help you gain even more momentum in your career and what did it teach you? Yeah, so probably the hardest thing that I've faced in my career was the decision to go it alone. I had a great job at Sports Car Market. I was the managing editor, so I was the one with the big whiteboard, and I would help Keith plan out what was going in the magazine. I would talk to the authors when they were sending in their articles, and it was really fun. But 
I really wanted to work on my own. I wanted more freedom. I wanted to, you know, make my own path. But that sounds ridiculous. It sounds (laughs) (laughs) when you, so I spent months saving up money, making a plan, and I basically presented it to my husband one night as if it were my business plan as if I were asking him for money, which I wasn't, mm-hmm. just to say, here's my plan. This is what I've done to set up, you know, to make this work. Right. And it, I had step by step by step how it was going to go for the next couple of years. And he said, this is way more information than I need. I trust you. I know <laughs> you can do this. So, yeah, but that was that was six months of really wondering, can I do this? Do I have what it takes to do this? And then, <laughs> and then doing it. <laughs> well, actually, doing it got a lot easier when my first freelance client was the New York Times. Wow! So. <laughs> hey, man, you start at the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just a matter of who you know and introductions and a really big stroke of luck. But then I learned that I did have the talent and tenacity to have a client like the New York Times and to write about cars for them for several years, actually. Wow. You know, this is an awesome story because this is what Cars Yeah is all about. You're exactly a perfect fit for the show because it's about people that have a passion and they go out and do what they want to do. Now, the fact you're already doing it at Sports Car Market, great place. I've, gosh, I've had that subscription to that magazine for, I think, 20 years. So I, <laughs> I read it yeah. many, many years while you were working there. I remember your name on the, on the uh, inside of the masthead there, a list of people. But the fact that you took that gamble is what's really important and you bet on yourself. And yeah. I love the pl- the fact that you put this plan together. Is that something that you just came up with yourself or did someone give you that idea? Because a lot of people don't. They just take a big leap and they, they hope a lot. And there's there's not a lot of hope in business. Yeah, I am a planner. I don't do anything really without some kind of sketch of a plan, an outline, a few steps. Yeah, I'm in order to take these big leaps to say, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to publish it myself, I'm going to be a freelance writer, I'm going to pitch Popular Science or the New York Times. Yeah, I have a plan in place every time I do something like that. Yeah, well, that's my takeaway from this story is it is important to have a plan and have things in place. And if it's a, even if it's a, a rough outline, but to have your finances in place so that you yeah. you got enough savings set up so you can go a while without that paycheck. And uh, yeah, it's great. So I love everything about this story. Kudos to you. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. In 11 years. Wow. There's proof <laughs> in the pudding because a lot of people don't make it past the first year. It's just yeah. too darn hard. Sounds like, too, you've got a great partner there who supports you. And that's the other key element that I've heard from oh, a yeah, lot of definitely. guests. Absolutely. Having a great partner is key. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story about a career aha moment. And uh, tell us what yours happens to be. Yeah, well, this actually follows pretty quickly after becoming a freelancer. I'd been doing it for about a year, and I was working with um, the New York Times, their automobile section, which is sadly gone now. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun to work for them. But I called my editor one day and said it was 2007, and there was a group of guys who were going to be doing electric car drag racing at Portland International Raceway. <laughs> It was all, I mean, 2007, there was no, there were a couple of Teslas at that point. Maybe it was a brand new company. Electric cars were not on the map. Right. And these guys had done all of their own conversions in their garages. And so I told my editor about it and they said, oh, 
this is hilarious. Portland is so weird. You definitely <laughs> should go and cover those cars. So I did. And I wrote actually one of the longer stories that I've written. It was a really great piece of journalism. But just as importantly, I spent so much time with the guys who built these cars. Just, you know, there weren't even really proper hits. It was Friday night drags. Yeah. They were just over kind of at the side of their track with their cars. And they explained everything to me. They explained AC motors, DC motors, how the controller works, how the throttle works, like everything that they needed to make these cars. Yeah. So I got a thorough education in electric vehicles in two days at the track, basically. I wrote the article. My editors loved it. It's actually when I reached my 10-year anniversary of freelancing last year, I had a copy of this article that was in the New York Times. I had it matted and framed, and it's hanging on my office wall. Oh, how fun. That was the article that really, it changed my career. Yeah. I never, I had been working you know, in vintage cars and exotic cars, sure. switching gears completely to electric vehicles, advanced technology, zero emissions, you know, clean wheel to well fuels and stuff was totally eye opening. And that's really what I've focused on ever since then. Very cool. Well, you may have answered my next question. And that's a proudest career moment. Definitely a proud moment for you hitting that milestone in conjunction with that article is really cool. And, you know, one little element of that last answer you gave us, I think is really important, especially when you work for yourself, is to take a moment and celebrate those milestones. Yeah, I am terrible at it. <laughs> you know, I am too. And I, sometimes I need to remind myself to stop and go, wow, I just interviewed 800 people. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow, how did I do that? But I, I'm already going, well, who's going to be my thousandth? You know, who, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> look ahead. But was there a proudest career moment that really stands out that you'd like to share? Yeah, actually, it's completely different. Four years ago, 2013, I published my first book. Uh, it's called Take the Wheel. A Woman's Guide to Buying a Car Her Own Damn Self. <laughs> I love the title. <laughs> yeah, and so it's a it's a short book. It's written to be really friendly and to just help women because still, even in the 21st century, women don't feel like they're even respected at all in dealerships. It's something that's still a problem. And the advice you always get is, well, make sure you take your husband, mm. your dad, your uncle, your whatever with you. It's, that's always the advice women are given when they're going to shop for a car. And it's just ridiculous, especially now when you can do so much research on the internet. You walk into the dealership knowing more about the car you intend to purchase than mm. probably the guy on the shop floor does. Right. So yeah, that's Publishing that, I published it myself. I had a reading and dozens of people came. I sold stacks of books. And it's been a solid seller ever since then. So now I'm actually revising it and coming out with a new version this year. But I was really, really proud of the work that I did there. And as you mentioned earlier, with women and automobiles, you can feel shut out of this space. You can feel like you don't belong and that you might as well just leave it to the boys. Right. But we all drive cars, and that's going to be true for a while, even in the sharing economy of the future and whatever. Right. Yeah, Cars aren't going away. You're going to need to buy one. And there's no reason to just defer that to men. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. Do you know a lady named Kathy Droz? I do not. I've got to introduce you to Kathy. She was a past guest here on Cars. Yeah, she wrote a book that is titled 
A Woman's Guide to Buying a Car. Oh, funny. yeah, which is cool. She's a great lady. You should talk to her. And she's also created. She's the founder of H E R Certified. It's a it's a group where they um she goes into car dealerships and helps them be certified to sell to women. That does sound familiar to me. Yeah, she actually sets up a little kiosk in there. But I wanted to mention her because it sounds like you two would have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And you're exactly right. She shared a lot of the same thoughts and processes. And I think, you know, I think it's getting better out there, but still, I understand the challenges. You know, it's male chauvinist pigs. There's some of us (laughs) out there. I'm not one of them, I promise, but there's some of them out there and they just see a woman and they go, oh, she didn't know anything. And so I I love it when when women walk in and they know so much more and the guy kind of shrivels up and goes, oh, (laughs) I guess I shouldn't be thinking that way. So congratulations for the book. That's very, very cool. And it's success. And I love the fact that you're going to come back and do some more. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I would love for you to share your first really special car and a memory that you have about that vehicle? You know, <laughs> I'll give you two answers. Mm-hmm. My first special car was special kind of in quotes. It was my first car. It was a 1983 or 84, does it matter? <laughs> Chevy Chevette. Chevette. Oh, the Chevette. Oh, the mighty terrible. Chevette. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was the kind of car that I lived um, in a rural area. And so getting between home and school, I would have to like do that trick with the throttle where you kind of lift and press it down again in order to change the gears because it was an automatic oh. in order to get over the hill. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Horrible. So yeah. I learned a lot about what not to look for in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But my second answer is as an automotive journalist, I have driven hundreds of brand new cars mm-hmm. for review. What fun. And I would say that the first special car that I had as a journalist was an Aston Martin, I want to say it was a Vantage. Ooh, nice, yeah. It was the first completely just exotic luxury above and beyond vehicle that I'd ever had, you Mm -hmm. know, and I had it for three days. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, and I drove it like crazy as much as I could while I had it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't mine to own. It was in my garage, but only very briefly. Yeah. I still remember just how wonderful the seats were and the dash and the sound of the engine. It was so special. Yeah, those are beautifully designed cars. I love the look of those. And they've just gotten better with time. Yeah. I saw some new ones down in Monterey last week, and oh, yeah. they're just stunning, stunning cars. I got to drive a Vantage. I got a whole day with one once, and not three days. I would have liked three <laughs> days, but uh, yeah, just really fun, nice touring cars. Very comfortable, sporty. Yeah, nothing bad about those, that's for sure. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Other than the Chevette, which I'm sure you're happy to see go down the road, that car didn't even look good. You think, you think they no, could No, it was horrible. <laughs> everything about it was bad, but is there a car that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage, other than that Vantage? that you wish you could keep in your garage. Right. Well, I've had lots of those. You know, the only car that I kind of wish I would have kept was I had a Subaru Baja. Ooh, Subaru Um, Baja. Yeah. Yeah, the one with the little pickup truck. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. 
it wasn't nearly as practical as you would think. You would think you're getting a four-door Subaru plus a pickup bed, but it was kind of everything was halfway and nothing was all the way as good as you wanted it to be. But it did remind me of when I was a little kid, my mom had a Subaru Brat. Oh, the Brat. Yeah, we had the little seats in the back with the handles. Totally unsafe, but my brother and I would sit back there, and it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You wonder how they ever got away with selling that in the public. I mean... Oh, God, it's such a terrible idea, but man, we were little kids and had a blast. I remember the brat. Yeah, I used to think, man, dad, mom, buy one of those. Those are cool. <laughs> like, no thanks. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are you working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Well, actually, it's the book publishing that I'm doing. So I've got Lightning in a Throttle is out. It just came out in June, and that's doing pretty well. And then I'm working on the revised edition of Take the Wheel that'll be out in November. And then I've got a trilogy of novels set in the 1920s with the main character is a flapper and she rides a Harley Davidson with a sidecar. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, so it's super fun. It just kind of madcap, whatever. Given that I am on your show, I did so much research on which motorcycle she would have. Would it have a sidecar? How far does it go on a tank of gas? What's its top speed? Like wow. far more research on the motorcycle than probably any other novelist would do. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Now, where can people find your books? You know, I know I'm going to ask you this at the end of our, but I, I want people, you know, right now while it's fresh in their mind, where's the best place for them to go get their hands on these books? Amazon, of course. Of you course, can always yes. get them there. Take the wheel right now. The first edition I have had to pull off of Amazon while we wait for the next edition to come out in November. Mm -hmm. So right now, if you go to Amazon, Lightning and a Throttle is there for sure. And Take the Wheel will be there in November, as will everything else I'm publishing in the next year. Wow. Well, you're busy. That's fantastic. Well, I'll remind our listeners on Kristen's show notes page at the Cars yeah website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N in the search bar and that page will pop up. And I'll put links to Amazon and that way you can go and get your hands on this. And Kristen, when your new book comes out, shoot me an email, give me a call. We'll make sure that one gets up on your show notes page as well. Okay? Great. Thanks. Very, very, very cool. Man, you're busy. All right. Well, here's a very <laughs> introspective question for you. If Kristen was a car, what kind of car would she be and why? That is a really tough (laughs) question. (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, I've driven so many. I'm trying to go through the Rolodex. Which one is most like me? You know, I'm going to say in this, all right, it sounds cheeseball, but I'm going with it. Okay. I would say probably a Subaru WRX STI, Ooh. maybe the the older like wagon style, mm-hmm. because it's useful utility. You can definitely make a plan around it. It would rather be outside. It would rather be running in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, let's make it black on black on black. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I would rather be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put a little thought to that, and I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, it's very cool. I love the idea, and uh, the little bit I know about you, yeah, I think that kind of works. That kind of fits. So It works as well as anything. There you go. <laughs> well, Kristen, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. 
I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Kristen, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? When I was working at Sports Car Market Magazine, there was an assignment that somebody had, and I was the editor, and I remember saying to Keith Martin that I didn't know anything about old cars, and I didn't want to do this, and he said, this is your job, learn about it, and do it, and that has stuck with me for years. Whenever (laughs) I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know what this is, I look it up. That truly is the answer. Yeah, great answer. And, you know, to this day and age with the Internet, there's no excuse for not taking the time to learn about things because there's just so much out there. So uh, there you go, Keith. Nice uh, nice comment (laughs) there. I can can just hear him saying that. Will you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Always keep a notebook handy. I have two that I use regularly. Well, actually three. I have one cheap eight and a half by 11 that I pick up stacks of them during back to school sales. So Mm -hmm. right now is a good time. And I keep that on my desk next to me. So anything I'm doing, whether I need to do some quick math, or I need to make a note to myself, or I need to write down where I stopped in a manuscript so I can start at the right place the next day, anything is right there next to me. Yeah. also keep another notebook that's it's actually called a bullet journal for any nerds who are listening. <laughs> I am a bullet journal person. Yeah. So that is where I keep what I need to do today, what I need to do this month, any plans, any ideas. That one's on my person at all times. And then I also have, of course, the reporter's notebook, which I use when I travel, whenever I do an interview, when I go to an auto show, when I'm at a seminar, that's where all of those notes go. So Yeah, always have a notebook so that you can capture any ideas, any people you meet. 
just keep track of where you are in the day. Yeah, so helpful. And don't forget a pen or a pencil either. That kind of well, helps. Well, yeah, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, down in Monterey last week, I always carry a little notebook with me and a pen. I can't tell you how many times people, I would say, well, here, write it down. And they go, oh, people still write stuff down? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I just find it's a little bit easier for me than trying to make notes and sit there and type with my my fat fingers on my phone yeah, and people exactly. are getting impatient. I just say, here, would you write it down? And uh, it works really great. So great, great idea. Now about resources, there's lots of them out there these days, but is there one you'd like to share with the Cars yeah audience? You know, the one I'm going to share, because I am an automotive technology nerd, I use this nearly every day in my work. Fueleconomy.gov. It is the most boring, unsexy resource, <laughs> but I use it constantly, especially as fuels are changing. So right. as we get more electric cars and plug-in hybrids, it's a great resource for finding out what exactly these terms mean. If it's something that's even applicable to your life situation beyond just, you know, comparing to fuel economy numbers. So great resource. Wow. First time anybody's uh, mentioned that. So I'm glad you did. I'll make sure that's listed on Kristen's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I'm going to pick a group. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would love to have a drink with the women who do the Rally des Gazelle every year. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> any yeah. of them, any year, any time, I would love to meet up with them maybe after the race and have a drink and be like, you just went through the desert without GPS. <laughs> How did that go? It seems like an incredible event that they do every year. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I've had uh, Emily Miller, who's the uh, president of Soulside Network, and she's a public relations person, but she's mm -hmm. the founder of that event, yeah. which is just an incredible event. And I've had, I think probably, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six women, maybe seven women now on this show who participated, including, mm -hmm. including four who it was their first time ever doing an event, and they actually went there and did that for their first time. Yeah. Ever. I mean, just blew me away. I, I felt like <laughs> such a wimp when I went, you've done that? I What have I done? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Walked in the mailbox today. I mean, it's absolutely spectacular. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Very, very, very cool. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, I've got a million, but I'm going <laughs> to recommend two. I'll start with Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. If you are trying to... Get the motivation to do something new. That is such a great book. It's just like having someone say, you know what? You can do it. You're going to be great. Go for it. Yeah. It's the motivation you need. And the other one is Art Thinking by Amy Whitaker. I just picked this one up earlier this summer. And that one, kind of in a similar vein, if you want to start a creative business like freelance writing, she really walks you through how to combine your creative self with your business self so that you can succeed on both fronts because you really have to blend the two in order to make it work. It would be great even I was thinking about this in recommending it for like people who do race photography or event photography or any of those kinds of car related businesses that are creative. Mm -hmm. 
but you still need to have that business aspect in order to make it succeed. It's a great book. Oh, sounds like a great book, a great recommendation. I've had a lot of people like that on the show that are photographers, also artists, painters, graphic people that do, you know, and that's the challenge for a lot of folks when they start their own businesses. They don't have that business acumen to add to their creative. They think, oh, I'm just going to be creative, but they forget. There's this whole other side to business that has to be approached. So I'm really happy that you suggested that book, both those books, and I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Kristen has shared today on her show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Kristen Hall hyphen Geisler and you'll find that page with these great links. Uh, awesome, awesome book recommendations. All right, Kristen, we are up to the checkered flag, the fun part. <laughs> this can be a bit of a doozy though. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, not a daily driver, but something really fun to have in your garage and go enjoy. Money's no object today, though. I'm going to buy whatever whatever you want because I didn't spend any money in Monterey last week. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not real feeling very broke this week. So I'm ready to, to get out the big checkbook. What would that car be and why? Easy answer. I would want the Jamais Contente. It is the first car to break the 100 kilometer per hour barrier in 1899. It's an electric car. And I think... I think that the original is still in France. It's shaped kind of not quite like a bullet. It's pointy on both ends and sits up on top of big carriage wheels. Yeah, it was driven by Camille Genazzi, who went on to drive for Mercedes-Benz after he broke this particular record. Mm -hmm. That's the car I would want. It's chapter two in my book. (laughs) Holy cow. Well, that is a unique car. I've never heard that here on Carcia with all. Je me contente. Wow. Jamais content, if I could say my French right. My, my old <laughs> high school French teacher's frowning right now. But uh, wow. Well, what a choice. And, you know, really interesting to me that you picked that car, too, because that probably is not a real easy car to own. No. <laughs> but, no. But certainly interesting to, to look at and talk about and share with people. I love the fact that you think 1899 – electric yeah. cars and 2017 and how far we've come, but how far we haven't come, you know, right. in that, right. that time. So, uh, wow. Very, very cool. Well, I'll get to work on that. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a tough one. I think, I think this is the toughest one I've ever had on this show. So, uh, I knew you'd pick something really cool and really interesting. Well, Kristen, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance, wisdom before you drive off into the sunset in that Jomé Canton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say kind of along with everything else I've talked about, taking the leap, making a plan, that the advice is that fear can't be your deciding factor. It can motivate you to make that plan or to save up the money to make it happen, but you know, don't say yes to just the usual normal stuff or no to some new exciting opportunity only because you're afraid. And this is something that I still struggle with pretty much every day. Oh, yeah. yeah, we all do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's really my best advice is don't let fear be the deciding factor. Well, of course, we all know the acronym for fear, false evidence assumed real. I had not heard that. Oh, good. Well, I taught you something today, so I feel really proud. Yes, yeah. yes, I learned that years ago. False evidence assumed real is what fear uh-huh. really stands for. And you, when you think about it, you're right, because you start conjuring up all this stuff and you hear what might happen. Well, right. no, that's might is an awful weak word. So. <laughs> 
What's the best way, again, for listeners to learn more about you and follow along with what you're up to? The easiest way is to go to my website, the not creatively named KristenHallGeisler.com. Uh, but it is the center for pretty much everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on Twitter at KristenHG. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Kristen has shared today on her show notes page at CarsYeah.com. I'll make sure I put some links there so you can find what she's up to. Check out these books that she's writing. I think this sounds really cool. Watch for her byline and all these different publications with all this technology coming with cars. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from Kristen in the future for sure. Well, Kristen, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much. It was fun. I had a great time. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!